How are lava lamps helping to make the internet safer? <laughs> And what do you call a pig who recites Shakespeare? I don't know. <laughs> Trying to think of something funny, but uh -huh. I couldn't think of anything funny. Well, the answer's funny. Oh, is the answer uh -huh. funny? Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Answers to those and other questions coming up in this episode of The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marsha Smith. Welcome to the off-ramp, a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, take a side road to sanity, and get some perspective on life. Okay, Marsha, how are lava lamps helping to make the internet safer? Well, that's a curious question. <laughs> well, let me uh, think about that for a nanosecond. Lava lights, lava, lava lamps, lamps yeah, uh, making yeah. the, making the internet safer. Yeah. Um. Tell me. I just saw this, and it's quite interesting. Um, this is according to the website Atlas Obscura, a California company that controls 10% of the web traffic. They're encrypting their data with lava lamps instead of computer-generated code. They say that the high-powered computers can deconstruct most complex algorithms that are generated to protect data. So what do they do? Well, in their lobby, Cloudflare is the name of this company. They use a unique collection of more than 100 colorful lava lamps to create a variety of patterns. As the lava lamps bubble and swirl, a video camera on the ceiling monitors all these unpredictable movements and translates that into code that's almost unhackable because it's so random. And you can visit their lobby and you can see them. External disturbances like human movement, static changes in lighting from the adjacent windows, all that works to make the random code even more random and harder to predict. Well, that's fascinating. So you, you can play a role in making the Internet more secure okay. just by standing there and looking at these lava lamps, which I haven't seen a lava lamp in years. Oh, yeah, our kids have one. Ben has one. Ben has one. Uh-huh. Our son Ben has one? Uh -huh. Did he take mine? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You're probably, as our listeners are, wondering about the pig who recites Shakespeare. What do you call him? What do you call him? Is it Sir William? No, think about it. The What pig do you call who a pig who recites Shakespeare? Billy. Billy <laughs> the pig. No? No. You'll, you'll kick yourself. Hamlet. <laughs> oh, no. I stole that from uh, WGN, the Chicago station. Uh, every day the morning guy does uh, speed jokes, and that's one that just made me laugh out loud. So, so. that's just a joke. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was real. Oh, come was... on. Well, I don't know. You've heard a pig recite Shakespeare? Well, we have. You just told a lie <laughs> as a teaser. Oh, Bob. Oh, this is so disappointing. <laughs> All right, let me move on then. All right. It is what, it's the most wonderful time of the year for some people. What is it, Bob? It's Halloween. <laughs> it's the ghost wonderful time of the year. <laughs> That's, That's what good. it is. It's the ghost wonderful <laughs> time of the year. Bob, Bob, Bob. Yep. Very good, Bob. Okay. According to Rotten Tomatoes, which is a website that we like for our rating movies, what's considered the scariest movie of all times? They did a survey. Oh, so what do you think came in number one? You actually know this movie. So, a recent movie? 
Well, no, but it was before you and I got together. Oh, okay. So it's, let's see, that was like 75 years ago. Oh, God. <laughs> just kidding. No. Okay. All right. Um, is it something like the Amityville Horror Picture? No. Those? No. Oh, well, what it, is it? It is. The Exorcist. Did you ever? You saw that, didn't you? No, I never did. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, I saw it, and uh, I read the book. I read the book in one sitting. I smoked back then. I went through a pack of cigarettes and an all night, <laughs> an all night read. But anyway, it's Exorcist, followed by Hereditary, The Conjuring, The Shining, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Ring, Halloween Sinister, Insidious. And number 10 is the movie It. Wow, I've seen hardly any of those. I know. It, it is the 2017 film that was the highest grossing horror film ever made. It was the guy with that diabolical clown we saw in all the commercials that would freak us out. Remember that really creepy clown? Okay. So that's the top 10. Yeah, you're right. I've avoided almost every one of those. Yeah, I'm just not big on that stuff. No. However, How? <laughs> I did meet Mercedes McCambridge. She played the, the voice. She was the voice. Oh. She came to our radio station for something, and um, they brought that up, that that was her voice. That oh. almost Yeah, when she'd spin her hand. Well, I'm trying to remember some of the things she said. Well, she had to say a lot of stuff I'm sure she never said in the films she did when she was yeah. in, the, in oh. the 40s, you wow. know. All right, I've got a couple questions on airports as people begin to travel again. Okay. Passengers arriving at airport screening checkpoints are required to move everything from their pockets, as you know, and you have to put them in those, those little trays and everything. Mm -hmm. Guess what? A lot of that stuff doesn't get picked up, especially the loose change. Oh, really? So how much money does the Transportation Security Administration oh. claim from all that stuff every year? I'll say a million bucks. Man, you're right. In 2019, it was $926,030. Wow. Uh, what did they do with it? They reinvested in aviation security programs. So well, that's fair. Almost a million dollars a wow. year. All right. Now, speaking of loose change, what is the most frequently purchased item at an airport of all the things you can buy at the airport? Is it is it uh, food or no? A form of food. Okay. A form of food. So I'll say um, trail mix. Nope, not trail mix. What? You're always reminded to stay hydrated when yeah, you it's are. water, a bottle of water. Bottles of water, yeah. All right, back to Halloween, Bob. Okay. Uh, the ghost wonderful time of the year, as, as you so beautifully <laughs> said. Uh, so does any country besides the United States celebrate Halloween? Well, yeah, we knew that they did in Ireland because that was where that came from. Remember, that was where the, the jack-o'-lanterns came from. The jack-o'-lantern, that's yeah. right. That is one of the main ones, Canada, China, Russia, and Japan. But what countries don't celebrate it? Well, I don't know. Is there any specific kind of countries that no, don't celebrate it? No, it just surprised me. It's countries like Germany, Holland, Taiwan, Austria, Australia, and most of the Asian and African countries don't celebrate it. Hmm. So, trick or treat, the kids are missing out. So sad. <laughs> so sad. Are we going to be sit on the porch with uh, Esmeralda this Halloween with your witch? 
I don't know. I used to do that, didn't I? Well, you did it the last yeah. time. It wasn't COVID. It was so cute. You you put that scary witch with holding the candy basket. Scares the bejesus <laughs> out of them. I love it. I'll get you, my pretty. <laughs> yeah. We got to do that again. Okay. okay. Another history question on business here. Yes, sir. In 1937, a DuPont scientist was granted the patent for nylon, right? Less than a year later, DuPont was producing its first major product from nylon. What was it? Stockings? No. Most people think that. Do they? I'm most people? Oh, that's oh, too sad. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> you don't want to be most people, do I want, you? I want to be a singular distinction. Okay. Okay, but I don't know. Nylon bristled toothbrushes. Really? If you thought the nylon hosiery was the answer, that came out several years later in May of 1940 when the first nylons were placed on sale at stores around the country. But the very first product, 1937, were nylon bristled toothbrushes. Well, I'll be. Okay, Bob, how long can the average whale hold its breath? Oh, that's a good one. Remember today I said, well, what did I ask you? We you asked were... me what a whale was, if it was a fish. I said, no, it's a mammal. Yeah. Because it has I, lungs. And uh, then you said, hmm, I wonder how long it can hold its breath. Underwater. Yeah, because they come up for air all the time. That's well, right. Okay. What's the average? How long can they hold their breath? Okay. I'm going to suggest that they can hold their breath for like three hours. Oh, my. They can go for like three hours without yeah. coming up yeah. and getting air. Am well, I right? No. Depends what whale you're talking about. The average whale averages out to 60 minutes. They can go under. Oh. Uh, sperm whale, 90 minutes. And the killer whales, they vary just from 5 to 15 minutes. Wow. And the longest time any uh, whale can hold their breath is 138 minutes. Wow. And, and that's the curved beak whale, which <laughs> I've never heard of. The curved beak. Isn't that like a woodpecker or something? <laughs> I don't the know. I, curved I, I beak never whale? thought of a whale with a beak, but they're, they're the longest. And so. It's a little more than two hours. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I was close. On the curved beak whale, but yeah. Oh, but not the right whale? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, thank you. Okay. All right. I uh, have another airport question. All righty. You got Halloween questions? I got airport questions. Uh Uh, What country has more airports than any other country? I will say, (laughs) what country, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. I'll say America, uh, USA. You're right. It is the USA. Any idea how many airports we have? And these are little airports and, and huge ones. airports. Okay, I'll say. You'll, you'll be find these uh, this amazing. Let me give you the uh, statistics for the runner-ups. Okay. 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 For instance, uh, Brazil is the next largest country on the list. Brazil has two thousand seven hundred seventeen airports. Okay, so that. That's my answer. Third place, Mexico has 1,740 airports. China only has 450, but they're building them like crazy. So what does the United States have? 5,000. 19,633 airports. Wow. It far outstrips any other country in the world. And among them, of course, the uh, Atlanta airport, the world's busiest, with 110.53 million passengers in 2019, oh. but we have 19,633 well, airports. Just think around here even. Even the little towns near us have some, some yeah. of them have airports. Just I thought was surprising. Yeah, it is. How many again? 19,000? 19,633 oh. airports. Okay. Let's go to animals again. I was on the whales. Now I'm going to go to animals in general. 
I can almost bet you will not get this right. Okay. It's so rare I can stump you. So rare. What is, Bob, the slowest animal? This is the slowest animal on record. Yeah. It's a slug. No. It's a... This has... This clocks in at zero miles per hour. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's slow. That's very slow. What is it? You wouldn't think of this as an animal, but it is coral. Oh, coral. I guess it is an animal. It's a living thing, but it's uh, uh, it doesn't move. It's, uh, you know, inanimate, and it's there. You know what the slowest reptile is? No. Well, you you could get, take a good guess at this and get it right. A uh, hippopotamus. Uh, no, no, those run fast. Alligator. No. No, no. Come on, you'll uh, get it. Chameleon. No. No, no. Oh, slow. I don't know. Crossing the road. Just, turtles. Big turtles. Giant tortoise comes in at clocks in at zero point seventeen miles per hour. Wow. Well, you probably can just totally ignore that unless it's right in the middle of the road. The uh, and I have I've tried to pick them up and move them. Okay, let me just continue with the fastest. Well, I remember you did that and it snapped at you. That was years ago. Yeah, that you scared and ben. me to death. Yeah. Okay, the fastest land animals. Okay, gazelles. No. Okay. Are you asking me? Yes. Oh, the fastest land animals. Yeah. What would be fast? A cheetah. That's right. What Number are... one, 61 miles per hour. Wow. And followed right by the 60 mile per hour pronghorn antelope. So uh, cheetahs and antelopes are pretty darn close. And the lion is 50 miles per hour, in case you were wondering if you had to outrun him for some well, reason. <laughs> all those are bad to have <laughs> running after you, although I think the lion is the worst, right? Uh, I, I I don't care for any of them. That'd be a big predator. And, and before we go to break, let me just ask you this. Okay. The fastest animals are not land animals, obviously. They'd be what? Cheetahs. Something that flies. Oh, okay. Not land animals. I'm just not doing real well with this category. That's okay. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do, don't you? So what is the fastest animal in the world? It's got to be an animal that flies. This is hands down the fastest animal in the world. This is not a hummingbird. No. What is it? 200 miles per hour. What? Yeah, it's the peregrine falcon. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow, There's that's a, fast. That's not even an issue in uh, scientific circles. It is that fast. Jeez, so it, when that swoops down, you it's there before you know it. Yeah, that fast. Okay, Marsha, what company was this? It was founded by two men who peddled candles in the streets of an American river town. Now, every American has bought products from this company. Is now. it like Hallmark? No. no, no. Is it a candle company? No. Okay, tell me. The company was Procter & Gamble, ah. and it was founded in Cincinnati, Ohio, by 35-year-old English-American candle maker William Procter and his 34-year-old brother-in-law and Irish-American James Gamble. He was a soap maker. Yeah. And they peddled their candles in the streets of Cincinnati and along the Ohio River. And they grossed $50,000 their first year. Oh, my gosh. In 1837. Pretty impressive, despite the competition from 11 other local soap and candle makers and uh, from housewives who made their own soap. Well, what made them so different? What made them so successful? Their soap floated. Oh, that's oh, later. That's no. ivory? <laughs> yeah, that was one of them. Oh, okay. And I just checked on their sales. In 2020, 
$71 billion, and that was 5% more than the pre-COVID year of 2019. So they had a great year in wow. 2020. Wow. And today they're in 180 countries. Okay, take us to break. Bob. Okay, we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob. And Marsha. Smith. Okay, another American business question, Marsha. Business history. Uh-huh. How did Frank Gerber's daughter-in-law start him on his road to success in food processing? How did she start him on the road to success? I don't know. Would she mash up vegetables or fruit and uh, strain it and just say and give it to the baby? He already had a company that was canning peas. So she pureed them and gave it to the baby. She complained. Oh. She complained to her father-in-law. Mm-hmm. This is in um, 1927. Now, he'd been in business since 1901. He began canning peas in Michigan. And his daughter-in-law complained to her husband about the chore of straining peas for their newborn baby. So dad had the cannery do it. And before long, strained foods became Gerber's main product just yeah. because the daughter-in-law of Frank Gerber complaining. That's how a lot of companies change their products, when somebody complains or comes up with another idea. The woman's bitching paid off, is what what you're saying? That always pays off. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of babies, Mm -hmm. during pregnancy, a woman's blood volume can increase by how much? What percentage? Her blood volume yeah, or her it, blood pressure? Her, <laughs> I would imagine both, but no, her actual blood volume, how much would you say it increases? I, I would say that goes up by, by maybe, uh, maybe it goes up to three times what it normally is because you've got two lives there you're yeah. taking care of. So three times? 300% of what it would normally be. Well, that's a lot of blood to have in your body. Tell something. me if it's true. <laughs> it's not even. All right, what is it? It goes up 50%, making a total of 12 pints of blood she has in her body. And this is in reserve against possible blood loss during delivery. So the body actually manufactures more blood, 50% more, which is a lot of blood. That's a lot. Okay. Okay, back to air travel. What is the most amazing thing about a Bangkok airport? A Bangkok airport. Bangkok, Thailand airport. It's taken things to the next level. Do they have a meditation tower? It's even beyond that. (laughs) They have an 18-hole golf course inside the Bangkok airport. To keep you amused while you're waiting. Some places have swimming pools and ice rinks and aquariums and butterfly gardens. They're full of all kinds of things. But Bangkok's Don Muang Airport has taken things to the next level. An 18-hole course set between their two parallel runways. Jeez. And like any golf course, they have... Fairways, bunkers, water hazards, greens. But these huge Airbus and Boeing aircraft take off and land only 20 yards away. Wow, that's nuts. And I was excited when Milwaukee Airport put in a ping pong table. (laughs) (laughs) Which is gone now. Well, during COVID, they took it off and they never brought it back. That's right. Okay. All right. Okay, you probably know this, that the longest British reign for a queen was who? Which queen? Queen Elizabeth. That's right. Queen Elizabeth II, who became Queen of England in 1952. Number two was Queen Victoria, who was on the throne 63 years and seven months, from 1837 to 1901. But who, Bob, who had the shortest reign? Which queen? Which queen had the shortest reign? Yeah, if not 
the name Give Me How Long, or her unfortunate demise. Was it Anne Boleyn, one of those people? One of Henry VIII's wives? Who was this? Lady Jane Grey. Oh, okay. She she lasted nine days. Ah. She was only 16 and beheaded. Isn't that awful? I mean, what the hell? Lady Jane Grey, known as Lady Jane Dudley. She was a great-granddaughter of Henry VII. All right. Okay, I've got some sports questions now. All right. What English sport is the precursor to baseball? Let me give you the names of them, okay? Uh-huh. Fetch catch, bat and ball, rounders, or bandy? Fetch and catch. Not, not cricket. Cricket's not on that list. It's rounders. Okay. Rounders was the bat was much shorter and the pitches are thrown underhanded, but uh, there were no gloves. Okay. And there's only one throw. A batter runs on a hit or a miss. That's been a game since the 16th century, but it's the most related to baseball. Now, here's one. What country has the first hints of soccer in its history? This comes from TravelTrivia.com. It's a great site. China, Egypt, India, or France? Now, we think of soccer Soccer as as European. Yeah. Okay. So China, Egypt, India, or France? All right. India. No, it's in ancient China, which okay. goes back to 2,300 years ago. A game called Suju or Kuju, kickball, became immensely popular, and it shared many attributes with modern soccer or football, which formed in 19th century Britain. But the game was a more static proto-version of the sport that promoted the virtues of good sportsmanship and things like that. Huh. Or Confucian China. Huh. Let's all get along here. Huh? <laughs> Everyone from peasants to emperors played that game. No winners or losers. We're all participants. <laughs> I don't know if they did that. but Yeah, that was where it came from. I had no idea that came from China originally. I yeah. didn't know that. No, I didn't either. Okay. Okay. George Lucas, Bob. Where did he get the name for the robot R2-D2 in Star Wars. I know the answer to this. Oh, good. This came from um, audio tapes and how they were labeled. They were looking for something, and they said R2-D2, and it was like real to, I don't know, D2. It was editor's code for cans on the film of American Graffiti, and they stood for real to, dialogue to. Okay, that's it. Yeah, and that's where he got it. Okay, another sports question. What institution was instrumental in popularizing basketball? You probably know the answer to that. Famous American institution where James Naismith was an athletic director. God, do I have to give it all away? Hello. He was like a, uh, God. Do you have any idea? No. The YMCA. Oh. That's where it came from. James Naismith created basketball in a gym at Springfield College, then known as the International YMCA Training Network. And then after their first public match in 1892, basketball spread throughout their global network. And I would know this why? Well, it's famous. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it, Marsha. <laughs> Not me. Jeez. All right. All right. Okay. Now, wait a minute. All right. Let me ask you this now. All right. Since you did so well on that one. <laughs> What were the first basketball hoops made of? Uh, they were uh, they were baskets. They were apple baskets. Apple baskets. Yes. Wrong. <laughs> what, what other baskets may have there been? 
I don't know what kind of baskets. They were peach baskets. Pe- oh, forget Peach baskets. Fruit baskets. Yeah, well, peach. He I, needed I a, win that one. No. It was a, He apple. needed a sport to keep his students at uh, the Springfield College active during the winter. And they actually, his bosses said, invent something. And, and he did. Yeah. Wow. So he envisioned a game where a ball would be thrown in an arc into some kind of goal. And he asked the school superintendent for 18-inch square boxes. But... Instead, they got peach baskets. So that's why it's still called basketball. Ball, I'll be dang. That's what they were originally. I'll be dang. Peach well, baskets. I'll be dang. Basketball. Because when you think of it, oh, it's basketball. Yeah. Well, why do they call it why, basket? It's just something you don't pause and think about. That's exactly right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well okay, Bob. Here's a surprise for okay. you. In the movie The Adventures of Robin Hood, Olivia de Havilland in this movie rode a horse that later became famous. Name this steed. My friend Flicka. <laughs> no. Seabiscuit or tea biscuit or one of those? No, that was long after this movie. Oh, this horse. Who would this horse be Think that would be? You knew him when you were young. I knew him? Yeah. How did I know him? Well, from TV. He became a TV star. A TV star, not my friend Flicka. That's no, the one I'm thinking of. But on the other channel. The other horse show. Yeah. What was well, it called? It wasn't a horse show. It was a cowboy show. Yeah, but well, it wasn't Roy Rogers' horse. What was Trigger. One? That's it. Really? Yeah, Trigger started out in, as in a Robin Hood movie, and didn't Roy stuff Trigger? Eventually, but yeah, so, it was Roy's horse for years. Yeah, so Trigger had a long life and I think still hails somewhere. In some in museum stuffed, somewhere. In stuffed form. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Okay. So, another travel question for the airports, Mark. Okay. All right. What do the X mean in airport codes? Think of that. There's LAX. Oh, yeah. And some other ones. Yeah. What is the X for? Well, tell me. Airports do have three-letter codes. Yeah. Designated to them by the International Transportation Association. But originally, a lot of airports only had two. Like Los Angeles had LA, right? Yeah. The X first appeared when airports changed from the two-letter National Weather System codes to the IATA system in the 1930s. Los Angeles, for instance, uh, they went from L.A. to LAX, which isn't bad, but think of these places. Germany's Sembach Airport became SEX, that's their (laughs) designation, (laughs) and Iowa's Sioux Gateway Airport just sucks. <laughs> really? S-U-X. That's funny. So it's easy to see how some airports got their codes. You wonder, why didn't I ponder that before? Why what? does LAX have an X in it? Did, I, we go there enough. You think we'd, That's right. we'd wonder about that. The laws of unintended consequences. That's right. Well, I'm going to finish up with a quote from Gangster Legs Diamond. Legs Diamond. Yes. It was actually his dying words, which made... His last words kind of funny. It said, quote, the bullet hasn't been made that can kill me. And then he died. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful what you say there, pal. I know. (laughs) Oh, that is hilarious. Those are his last words. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye, legs. That's almost like that one we had, and it was the uh, Civil War, I believe it was, with one of the officers said, uh, don't worry, men. They couldn't hit the broad side of a... <laughs> that was it. All right, and if you'd like to send us uh, an interesting question you'd like us to ask the other person, you can go to our website. Go to theofframp.show and go to contact us. And you can leave us the question, the answer, where you got it, and where you live. <laughs> where you live. Where are you from? That's All what right. we'd like to know. Where are you from? <laughs> 
Not the genealogical pedigree, just where are you from? Okay, let's take us out, Lester. All right, let's play the music. Do you like it? Love it. It's playing? Do you like that? We can dance Got the hand claps? (laughs) Yeah? Okay. Oh, we should say, um, well, that's it. Join us again next time when we return with more trivia here on The The Off-Ramp. The Off-Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio Online and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin.